You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? Vox and Hops, episode number 32 coming at you. I am on tour in Europe right now. Vox and Hops back on tour in Europe this time around. I'm out with Ingested, Insight, and uh, Glory Hole Guillotine. And I've been having a great, great, great fucking time so far. Uh, we're having lots of fun out here. Uh, the tour uh, kicked off last Friday. We were at the Netherlands Death Fest. It was fucking awesome. I'm a bit disappointed in myself. I didn't get the interview that I wanted. I wanted to sit down with one of the dudes from Anal Nathrak. But uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm never never quite sure how to pronounce that bad name, but I was fucking exhausted and jet lagged and I just never got around to sitting down. So in the future, I'd love to sit down with one of you boys uh, and cross paths again and drink a beer and chat. Today on the podcast, I have Daniel DeFonce. Daniel DeFonce works for Continental Concerts, which is a booking agency in the United States. He also is one of the head people at Unique Leaders, which is a record label, which our friends and just happen to be on. And they have a new EP coming out. You guys should check that out. And he also runs and organizes is the Devastation on the Nation tour, which is how I met him. So check it out. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 32 with Daniel Defonce. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Here I am live in Dallas at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill, and I'm here with Daniel Defonce. Uh, Daniel Defonce, uh, for those of you who do not know, is a booking agent yep. for Continental Concerts USA, and he also works uh, for Unique Leader, yes. which is a record label based out of the States. Uh, I first met you when you booked Devastation on the Nation. Yeah, 2017. Yes. That's right. Speak yeah. right into that mic. Yep. So everyone can hear you. Yeah, Everyone 2017. Yeah, I'm really stoked about this year's lineup. Yeah, it came out good, honestly. Really, really fucking yeah. awesome, yeah, yeah. It's selling well. LA just sold out. I heard about that, yeah, yeah. It's not for like two months. Okay, so <laughs> uh, tell everyone what, what you're about, what you do. A big uh, ballpark picture of who Daniel Defonce is. I'm a booking agent for Continental Concerts USA. Uh, book over 50 bands, ranging from Dark Funeral to Rivers of Nile to Abigail Williams. Ex Hoarder and a bunch of others, and then I do all the marketing uh, for Unique Leader Records and also A and R as well. Oh, that's awesome! I yeah, didn't know that part so, of it. Yeah, yeah. So got my hands full. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. <laughs> How did you get into this crazy world of booking? Uh, I was just in bands. Yeah, and I always booked my own our own tours and shows. So got to a point where friends' bands were like asking me to book their tours, and then I got tired of being a band. <laughs> <laughs> At the t you know, it was like 13 years ago. So, what instrument did you play? Guitar. Okay. Yeah, I play guitar. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just decided one day to quit the last band I was in and start my own booking agency. In like 2006. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I really had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I just like winged it the whole time. But you learn through it all. I'm still learning. You know. You're the first booking agent I have on the podcast. I have. Oh. Uh, I've had the. Some promoters, uh, Dave Boucher up in Montreal. Oh, yeah, I love Dave. And uh, JF Michaud, yep. who works for Vancouver up in Montreal. So, um, what are some of the complications of being a booking agent versus just a promoter? Um, just having to work with so many. I mean, you do the same with promoter, being a promoter, but working with a lot of different personalities and bands. So, you got to really like get to know everyone and how they work. Same with every manager, other agents. You just have to really like get to know each other, 
And I, I don't know, promoter-wise, I was a promoter at one point, like way like in the beginning. I was being like a booking agent and doing shows in New York at the same time. So, I mean, I guess being on the promoter side of things, it's, it's still risky at both ends, but I personally would never want to be a promoter again. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much risk? Yeah, but it's just not really like my thing. I don't know. I try, I, I worked for this uh, venue in Fort Worth called Tomcats West for a couple years. So I did their marketing, but I would help them book shows too and get them tours to come. Was that was that that huge room that closed down? No, thing? it was no? four. No, uh, it was four hundred cap room. Okay, cool. still around. Okay, um, and I would do like my own shows there once in a while too. I just I don't know, it just wasn't anything interesting to me. But <laughs> anyway, do you uh, do you remember like your first tour that you booked that was a success? Oh man, it was probably. As Blood Runs Black. Yeah. Yeah. I did their first East Coast tour. It was them for the Fallen Dreams and Enwell. And then it was a lot like what I book now is like the type of music I book now is not what I was doing back then. It was back then. It was just like a lot of like bands like Attila, Dr. Acula to fucking Asmodeon's Black to Full of Fallen Dreams and that style of music, metalcore mostly, you know? So, but that was one of the, the like the first like bigger tour was like Asbodon's Black, which was cool. And what about like early disaster tours? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, every tour ever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is an expression out there. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's been you've been defunced. Yeah, there's that expression. <laughs> I guess with the drives, sometimes I can put some shitty ass drives on these tours, but but it is hard to organize a I tour. I feel like it's harder now because there's less markets to book in, so like you don't have. Dude, I did a tour once. I booked a tour. It was. A Dr. Acula tour, and it was three months long. Holy shit. Just in the United States, Holy not Canada. Shit. I didn't hit Canada at all. That's and insane. And I did like 10 shows in, in um, Florida alone. Great. <laughs> Literally. We just got delivered a beautiful beer. Thank you. Oh, it's it's the Rar and Sun Seasonal. Based out of Fort Worth, Texas. Let's see what this sucker's got. Cheers, Cheers, dude. It, it doesn't smell like much. <laughs> it's pretty good. Maybe it's because it's just so cold. <laughs> I dig it. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's smooth. Surprising. It's sweet. It is. It's sweet. It's malty. I like it. It's got some, um, some bite to it. Yeah. Ten shows in Florida. Ten shows. I think I can name all the cities. That's ridiculous. It was like Pensacola... Ocala, Brandon, Tampa, Miami, Orlando, Jacksonville. There was a few more. <laughs> but now, like, now you have less markets nowadays to hit. So, like, sometimes drives can suck. Because it's like, oh, they don't book shows there anymore. There's nothing in between this shit. Unless you want to play maybe a smaller town. Or a door deal. Or a door deal. Yeah. Like, do you want to risk it and just... Do it, yeah. I'll go to it the hotel. Personally, I'll go to the hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, it depends on the band. Some, you know, younger bands will take the door deal to have a show. When you're old, you know, older, been doing it for a long time, it's like, let's just have an off day. Yeah. And we'll just drive or, you know, we'll, we'll get stop. to the next one. Yeah. yeah. And be comfortable. Get, yeah. Get to the next one, get a hotel and stop. Yeah. So that was. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a, a side note. Let's talk about beer. Yeah. This beer is really good. Uh, different, different, definitely different than. Uh, oh, I, I forgot to talk about its color. It's very dark, which surprises dark. me when I ordered it. Yeah, I was expecting it to be uh, a, a, like a, 
a seasonal lager or something, but it, it seems to be a, yeah, that's a dark ale. A seasonal? Yeah. I, I thought it would have like a name. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? Um, not as much as you are. <laughs> I like beer, but I don't drink it as much anymore. Okay. Because like, I don't know. I've noticed like after like a few, my stomach just starts hurting. Oh, okay. I don't know why. That could be celiac. Yeah. I could, <laughs> dude, honestly, now like I eat certain things and it might fucking be. You might, you might be celiac. So it's one of those people. The 12%. One, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> what else is this? It would happen to me though. That's the thing. Um, so I don't drink beer as much as I use. Like I used to drink beer like a lot and then do you remember your first beer (laughs) it was honestly probably a bud light or something when i was like i don't fucking know 15 or 16 (laughs) what about um your first craft beer experience huh i don't know I don't know, really. I don't know, like what my I don't I don't remember what my first craft beer. When, when I was. asked you what we were oh. going to drink right now, you said I don't want an IPA. Yeah, I don't like IPAs. So, so what is not, it about IPAs that you do not like? The bitterness. Okay. It's like I've had a couple IPAs. I can't remember the name. There was like one I used to drink here and there at this bar that I used to live by, and it was like nine percent, and it was really good, and I had no clue it was an IPA. Until the guy was like, oh, yeah, that IPA, you want that IPA? I'm like, oh, it's an IPA? Because there's different IPAs. There's like fruity, sweet ones. And then there's the West Coast, which tend to be extremely hoppy and bitter. Yeah. And my palate has really developed over the past few years to enjoying the East Coast. Yeah. Northeast Coast uh, IPAs, Uh, the hazies. And I really like that shit. Yeah. If you do go and order a beer, what would be your style of beer that you'd go for? Honestly, now it's it could be either... Like a beer like this, or like sometimes I just get like a generic or uh, Modelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Mexican beers like well, a you, lot. You are in Texas. Well, yeah, but it's, I'm from it's, New- it's yeah, fucking it's, hot. Yeah, I mean, I'm from New York, but I've been here for like six and a half years. So yeah, you kind of. But I do. I don't mind like a Modelo or something. Just something light is not is better for me. Especially in this weather. Yeah. So I was saying I to you that I, the only beer that I had left over, which was given to by fans yeah. for the podcast, was this Imperial Stout at 11%, and it's like <laughs> 5 o'clock. It's, you can't it's do like, that right now. You know, 35 degrees Celsius outside. <laughs> it's not a time for that beer. No, no I, I will get all. to you, Jester King. I will get to you. Don't <laughs> worry about Aaron. Aaron, I will drink that beer. Don't worry. <laughs> Being a, a booking agent and dealing with the whole Antifa movement... How do you work around that? Have you worked on tours that have been canceled? So, Stefan, who's my boss, who works with you guys. That's right. Shout out to Steph. He's, uh, yeah. Hey, Steph. <laughs> he's, um, you know, he's dealt with stuff with like Marduk, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Rotting Christ. I'm pretty positive. It was them too as well. Um, that was definitely, I, I, I definitely witnessed Stefan deal with a lot of shit with all that. There was a lot of headaches. Um, the only band I've dealt with that with has been this newer band that I picked up called Neckbeard Death Camp. Okay, sh- no, I've never. So heard they're that. very much, you know, they don't really claim to be like Antifa, but everyone labels them as that. They pretty much just started the band as a joke to like bash bands that and are provoke like people. Yeah, yeah. and um, then it just caught on. And then you start getting all this press, like Vice, all this stuff. And then it just, they just ran with it. They're really cool dudes. They're really nice. And a lot of people think they're like assholes or something. But so they're, they're, really they're not. going against 
like black metal and they're the, like the on the metal side. Yeah. Side. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Now how do you feel about all that? About that? About I mean, the Antifa. Uh, I'm kind of like indifferent about it because they do have some good points, but also I think they sometimes take it a little bit too far. Like, you know, bashing on venues that bring these type of bands that Absolutely. they claim to be, you know, neo-Nazis or oh, whatever. they have some imagery. Yeah. So I think they just take it a little bit too far and they don't realize like what they're causing and what they're doing. And how many people are being affected by it. Yeah. A lot of people are being affected by it. You know, there's the, the, the from the promoter, the yep. club, the to the club promoter, promoter, to the agent. To the agent. To the band Label Yeah All of the above It affects all of them And I, I've seen some I'm not going to say what bands or anything But I've seen some bands That they've gone after That I'm like And I've looked up I researched And I'm like Okay are these guys like really Nazis or whatever yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, like, yeah, yeah. Am I, Is that it Or is it just imagery Or yeah, is it just Or some lyrics that maybe Could make someone believe that they could just be like portraying a role. Like I'm not a serial killer. No. <laughs> and I write about doing horrible yeah. things, but that's just a part of the gimmick, a part of the that's game. That's just what it is. Yeah. And it's like so with Neckbeard Death Camp though, there's been like a few shows where the venues got gotten like calls and um uh emails from people like don't book them this and that. We're not coming to your venue. This, you know, and it's from people that are like very, you know, Hardcore black metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but it's like they're really, they're not bad people. They're just against black metal bands that are na Nazis, basically. Yeah, -Nazis. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's straight, it's straight to the point. And they're just, they just like stirring the pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go on their Twitter and stuff, oh, they like stirring the pot. Well, if, it, if it gets you attention, yeah. I, I don't have the, the, the patience and the. <laughs> the, I don't either. The, the energy to put into doing stuff like that. I, it's just not in my personality. No, I'd rather same. talk about beer and chillax. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when fans come say hi to me afterwards, I just want to talk with them and be friends yeah. with everyone. But that could just be my Canadian side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch gears, talk about Devastation on the Nation. Yeah, That's yeah. your festival. Yes. You, you created it. What, what brought yeah. you to want to create a traveling extreme metal festival? Um... Honestly, Summer Slaughter. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah. you know, I've, it's been around for so long, and, I, and I've and i gone to the earlier ones. You know, I've seen Necrophagist. The whole, like, that was my first time ever seeing Necrophagist was on Summer Slaughter. So I pretty much have gone to every one of them. So, like, so anyway, like a few years, like, what, five, six years ago, five years ago, I booked a tour for this band, King Conquer, and we were just, like, me and Chris, the drummer, were just trying to come up with, like, a name. For the tour And you know He was like I was I think I was like Yeah let's call it like Devastation I don't know Like of the nation And he's like No 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 Devastation on the nation I'm like Oh yeah that, That's a good one The, the amount of times yeah. I'm, I'm filling out All the bands and towns Junk <laughs> And I write Devastation In the nation Or in the nation <laughs> yeah. yeah And I had to go back And correct it Yeah 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 <laughs> So that's where it started But that wasn't like A festival tour It was just a regular ass tour You know And then a couple years Went by and just was like, let's. I want to create a brand like Summer Slaughter or something, something like just another death model tour like that, but not do as many bands as Summer Slaughter does because so it's tiresome. It is. I've and toured I've, it. It's tiresome. Yeah, and I've gone to like all of them, so it's like 
from you know being there from the first band to the end, you're like, whoa, this is a <laughs> long, long day. And then you get older and you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, gonna take a nap. Yeah. So the what? So it's always been. The last we were six bands. Well, aborted the year aborted was on it. Last year was seven bands. I saw that in Montreal. It was a great, was, great, great lineup. Yeah, yeah. I love the lineup. It came to the, uh, together great. But going back to this year, I was like, let's just do six bands. So Bryce, Lucian. Shout, like out, my, shout out to Bryce. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> love you. Love you, brother. I wish you were here. Yeah. You're out on Europe tour. Right now. You're out on tour. Yeah. So we were like, let's just do six bands and kind of change it up this year. So we went more black metal. In my opinion, you won last year. If it was, oh, a, if, yeah. it, if it was a competition between Summer Slaughter and Devastation, oh. <laughs> Devastation definitely won last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How confident are you about this year's lineup? Oh, very, very. It's different. It's, uh, it is different. And like last year, we had Dark Funeral over here with Septic Flesh, and that tour blew us away. Me and Stefan were just like, wow. You know, it was like 12 sold-out shows. Nice, yeah. So this year's lot, it was like, it went through like a few ideas, and Dark Funeral was supposed to come here in February with someone else. I remember. Yeah. Should I say it? <laughs> <laughs> it keeps getting pushed back. Like, it might happen at the end of the year. I'll just, you'll know if it ever happens. So we were... We were like, oh, they could do that and come back and do this or something. Because that tour was only going to be like 10 shows. Yeah. It was short. And then that, that tour got canned. So we were like, well, we could just have them on the headliner. And then, you know, uh, Michael from Tar Funeral was like, can we see, you know, get Belfagor? Oh, awesome. Because they've been, they've been wanting the tour together. It's huge. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it just and worked hate, out. hate, too, if, I, hate, if yeah. I'm right. Yeah, yeah. They haven't been here in like eight years. I know. They were supposed to be on that run oh. with Belfagor and Cryptopsy yeah. at the end of 2017, yep. I want to say. And their visas fell Visa through bullshit. with the last... Uh, yeah, I made, I made sure they got that done. <laughs> when, I, when that happened, I'm like, listen, guys, like I'm down to put you on this, but you, you ha- you, we cannot have anything happen, you know? That's another question I want to ask you is, uh, how do you deal with booking European bands now with all the visa issues that are going on such as Surreption oh, yeah. that can never get in for some reason Yeah, nicest dude know. Michael it's gonna happen I know it's gonna happen Mike yeah I think they're set now I think they're good now oh good, good. that's what Steph- Stefan told me um, it's honestly very weird the visa crap is it the, like a gamble at this point putting a European band on a bill because I'm not gonna say what band is having trouble with it right now because I don't want people to freak out that they may or may not Come to do the this States. tour yeah, in yeah. like three weeks. Oh shit! Um, they're a band that has like five albums out, six out. They're on Unique Leader for a few albums. Uh, they've been here before multiple times. I mean, they've toured all of Europe, you everywhere, done all the big festivals. Like they have massive amounts of press, and they're dealing a hard time right now. They want like so when when a band submits their their petition for their visa that goes to an officer and then they review it. So it's a random person reviewing, you know, all these different petitions. So anyway, they wanted more evidence. And we're like, we gave you everything, like tons of letter recommendations, all this shit. And they're still getting, you know, tossed around. So there's a band that's been around forever 
getting the shit hand of the stick. And then I have this band that's been around for one year, and they got approved for their visas in like four weeks. Oh shit! This brand, this band, it's brand just, of sacrifice. It's just like a random. You it's don't even just, know nowadays. Yeah. And what would be the implications of for you if a band doesn't <laughs> get Make, their visa? Uh, I mean. Trying to find a replacement. Okay, a local I mean, replacement. All, yeah. Yeah. Or not the, the stateside yeah. replacement. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you would have. Yeah, it would have to be a band from here. Yeah. It's just a headache. The whole visa stuff is is the biggest pile of shit in my opinion. <laughs> it really is though. It's just not fair. It's just, it's just too random. At least if it, it was like a, like a structure and we knew why it was happening. And yeah. For the fans too, it fucking sucks. You it get all does. stoked to see this show and then. Yeah, and I I'd ask like the lawyer that's involved with getting the band's visa, like, can you like call someone up, talk to this officer, and explain to him who the band is better, or like, can I, or can they? And they don't. They, and they're like, we don't happen. know who it is. It could be anyone. Yeah. It's just anybody. So. As you can all hear in the background, Hideous Divinity is sound checking, but that's okay. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, it, it's it's the Blast Beat Party. Vox and Hops on tour. <laughs> um, yeah. Switch gears to the label. Yeah. When did you start working with Unique Leader, and how did that come about? Um, it was definitely over like a year and a half ago. We I just been working with Eric. Um, for years just with his bands with unique leader bands having them on tours all this shit and we just became friends and then I, I noticed like one day we we're on the phone I'm like do you have a staff or is it just you and he's like it's just me really? and one other guy this guy Frank who did like the art like the graphics you know and I'm like, wow, how do you handle all? like this, a lot of bands? Yeah, you have a lot going on, dude. Like, and then one day, me and Bryce, because Bryce works for the label, he does the PR, uh, publicity, and we're like, we should go to Eric and see if he wants to like hire us. You do the marketing, and we'll do both do A and R, find bands, you know, all that stuff, and Bryce will do the publicity and see what we can do. And Eric was like really into it, so then we started, and it um. It grew a lot more. You yeah, can tell yeah. a difference from then to what, now. What, what bands would be bands that you signed? Uh, Ingested oh, was yeah. a good one. Um, who else have we My signed? boys. Shout out, shout out to the boys, uh, Jason, the rest of the boys. Yes. Ingested. Yeah. They'll have a new record we out this summer. We will see you soon. I know I've heard some of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Sneak peeks from <laughs> Mr. Donaldson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have another one coming up that's really awesome. They were on Devastation last year. Can't say who. Okay, Just okay. Take a guess. I have a guess yeah. in my mind already. <laughs> uh, they're a, another bigger one, which is great. Um, trying to think who else. What, what are some of the hardest parts of being a record executive? <laughs> Did you ever think you could say I'm a record executive? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Just making sure everything gets done on time, so you don't like like I think stuff the, that's out of your control. Yeah. So like. You know, you get a release date for a band and then you start pushing it. And then the last thing you want something to get delayed and you have to change release dates. Yeah. I used to work for this label like back in like from 2009, 2012. I'm not going to say who it was. They're not, it's not even a label anymore, but it was, it was always one thing where it was just like changing release dates all the time. And I would just be like, is it, is it tool? <laughs> it's close. I mean, it was like the same thing. Necrophages, you know. So it was just always like, oh, we got a new release date. He's gonna get everything in. Uh, now, it's like, we make sure we have everything in. Artwork, the mastered CD, 
you know, record, and then we get the release date. It's good that you're pushing Ingested because uh, they yeah. got something special. They they do. Uh, I interviewed Lynn. He like they've all quit their jobs. They did. They're doing the band full time. They're touring like animals, madmen. Yeah. And they put out an album last year, yep. which was on the Billboard charts. Yeah, yeah, it did great. Yeah. Honestly, and now they're gonna come out with something the year after. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they'll have an EP out this summer sometime. So. That'd be great. And that's then that's awesome. Then they're coming back in September. Are they? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be out with them in May. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're with yeah. you in May. Yeah. We'll have fun there. We'll have fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was great when they like, came to Bryce. Because Bryce manages them. Yeah. So they came to us one day. It was like, hey, you're going to be really happy about this. And we're like, what? We're going to tour full time. Or we want to tour full time. And I'm like, thank you. Finally, a band <laughs> Finally. <gets it. laughs> they're like, well, you know, we got to like give it a shot now. You know? Yeah. We're yeah. in our early 30s. So it's like. Can it take off now? And you know the special things about that band. I think they're one of the only bands. This is the case that they're all the original members. Still. All of them. It's fucking mind blowing. I to know. Me. That's death one metal thing. slam band. Yeah. You know? That's what blew our, our my mind when I picked them up, like in 2014 or 15. I was like, you're all original, and it was like what eight years at that point or something. So now it's like 12 years and still somehow. <laughs> <laughs> They're all really funny guys. Yeah, yeah, they're intense. I'll tell you that. And whenever that, fir- that first night when they climbed on the bus in London, <laughs> on the hell over Europe, there. Oh woo, man, we were all tired, and they were not. <laughs> no, they can just go, 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 and they can drink a lot of beer, <laughs> a lot. Sadly, you got involved with Unique Leader right before Eric passed. Yeah, and rest in peace. That yes. shit sucks. Miss what happened you, to him? Yeah. Um, how long did it take to get the label back in order? It was... And was there ever an, an idea of just not having the label continue? It was going to continue. Like, there was, like... So, Jamie Jamie Graham came into the label, like, six months, seven months before Eric passed. And um, and uh, so he got the hang of everything, you know? And then when Eric got diagnosed, we started preparing. There was a point where everything was looking like he was going to be okay. He was going to get the transplant, liver transplant. But his just health just went to shit so fast it wasn't possible. But anyway, so Jamie took it over. You know, before Eric passed, he was like, "Jamie's taking it over. You guys stay on. You'll get continue through this. The yeah, yeah, continue it. You'll get through it. Just do it." And it was Zara. You know, just go. So we didn't have. Luckily, we didn't have any releases in January. So we were able to take January and get you know talk to each other a lot and just get everyone's role in order on who's doing what and how we're going to keep everything organized and now you know it was a little there was sometimes we're like me and Jamie buttheads but it, I mean it happens so as long now, as you're adults about it yeah yeah oh yeah but now we're fine everything's good now everything's just in order we have like our ways of doing everything everything's structured well organized so it's it's going great honestly we're like set with releases until like mid 2020. Really? Oh, it's congrats. insane. That's great. I didn't yeah. even know. I didn't even realize it until Jamie got it all, you know, hammered out and showed us. And I was like, wow. I feel like Unique is uh, at a place where it can like compete with some of the bigger labels. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot, you know, there's a, I think there's a lot of potential for the label to like get up there with like the Metal Blade and yeah, Nuclear Seasons Blast. and Mist. Yeah. It's almost on par with Seasons I now think in so my mind. Too. Yeah. yeah. So. I think with some of the like the next signing that we have, 
I think that one's going to like, a lot of people are going to freak out over it. Oh, It's awesome. a good one. Good. So, Congrats. Yeah. You'll tell me off. I will. Off podcast. Yeah. I funny can't de- my funny, funniest Stefan story. Do you want to share it? <laughs> you can say no. I'll edit this out if you say no. What, me? Yeah. Funniest Stefan story? My um, fight I, I, about Toronto. Oh, about Toronto. <laughs> God. Yeah. So. Good boy. <laughs> tell the people what happened. Hold on. <laughs> So I had a tour. I, I had a tour manager the first week and a half of devastation because Bryce was on tour with his band Seeker in Canada with Psychroptic. So the band was like, "All right, I'll go tour manage the first week and a half. You jump on in Texas, and Bryce will take it over." And I haven't toured in years, and so it's kind of weird getting put in that situation. But anyway, so let's get to Toronto. <laughs> so I've never, as crazy as it sounds, I've never been to Canada until that tour. So, go to Toronto, and the show's great. Everything's going great. And then um, this guy, Travis, shows up, and he's, I believe Travis, he's one of the owners of Hard Luck. I, I believe you know you're right. You know what I'm talking about? I believe, yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. We've never met before, but we've known each other for so long. So, he show, I had no idea he was coming to the show either. <laughs> so, he shows up. And I'm drinking like slow that night. I'm like, I'm not trying to get hammered. It was just. I, I was on, on that tour and I hadn't seen you drunk yet. Yeah. So. so he shows up. He's like, hey, you want a drink? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, you want a shot? And I'm like, sure, I'll take like one or two. Like, I'll be straight. I don't know how many shots it turned into. I don't know how many drinks it turned into. All I really remember is kind of loading out like. The Those horrible stairs. Yeah. yeah, and like I skinned my knuckles against the wall, <laughs> so it looked so it looked like I like got in a fight, but I didn't. I just was walking down the stairs with merch, and then I told someone. They told me the next day. I forget who it was, but I guess I told them like, "Hey, go get that merch, bring it outside." And it was all the devastation merch. <laughs> so anyway, the next morning I wake up, and I'm probably the top five hangover in my life, and I go to the front of the bus. And I'm sitting there, and I don't think anyone really was awake yet. And I'm like, just, you know, feeling like I just died and came back to life. And I'm like, okay, so where's all my stuff? <laughs> like, I didn't have my phone, I didn't have my wallet. I, I went in my, uh, I didn't even go in my bunk yet. And so then I, the first thing I did was I go in my bunk because I slept in the back lounge that night. I would go in my bunk and I see my phone's plugged in. I'm like, oh, I was a smart drunk. There's, there's one, right? <laughs> so I'm like, cool, my phone's fully charged. Thank you. Keep in mind, I didn't even wake up at the border crossing. So let's start, yeah. So I didn't even wake up at the border crossing. Didn't the officer come on the bus, right? He had to come on the bus. You couldn't get up. Oh, uh, yeah. It so was, the, they came up on the bus and... Didn't Chad they, they went give them the my passport? They, they, uh, because you had left your backpack upstairs. Yes. At the bar. Oh, which, I don't think I remember. Yeah. <laughs> which had your, Chad, Chad which had brought me, it, right? Yeah, he yeah. found your backpack, found, yeah. which had your passport in it. <laughs> he took care of it, showed the officer. He went in the back. He was super chill. Yeah, Just, like, he was really flashed chill. Flashed you in the face, chuckled, <laughs> and came back. That was it, That right? was it, yeah. So that happened. So anyway, I go in my bunk, get my phone. I'm like, cool, I got my phone. I go in the back lounge. I don't see my backpack. So, and it's not in my bunk, and it's not in the front lounge. So I'm like, shit. So Chad gets up. That's right. Chad Topper. Big shout out. Yes. We love you, brother. Love yeah. you, Chad. He gets up, comes to the front lounge, and you know, he's 
smirk on his face, giggling. Yeah, I can just picture his face <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, how you feeling? I'm like, like I died? Like, I'm like, I can't find my backpack. And he's like, yeah, uh, I know where it is. Or he said something like that. I'm like, where is it? He's like, it's in the shower. I just put uh. it in there. I'm like, oh, thank you. So I go in there, get my backpack. But I still can't find the money. Oh. <laughs> did you know about that? No. <laughs> that I didn't know. Where did you so, hide it? So hold on. <laughs> this is me being uh, smart and drunk. Okay. So I'll get to that one sec. So I go back to the front lounge. Flo gets up. So, you know, <laughs> comes to the front. He's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, like, crap. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't expect that to happen at all. And told him about Travis showing up. So, yeah, I'm like, did I... um. I paid you last night, right? He's like, no. I'm like, oh. Uh, all right, I'll be right back. So I go to the back lounge, and I go to my, my luggage. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just looking. I'm like, where is this money? Like, where is it? There's no way I did this. Like, And I'm just, like, preparing for the worst, like, going to my bank and pulling out. Whatever grand. it was. Yeah, whatever. Because yeah. it was Cryptopsy's money, guaranteed, plus... The devastation merch money it was to, it was two different yeah wads. So I open. I just decide to open up the side of my luggage, the the pocket on the side. There's just two wads of cash. And I'm like, <laughs> well, at least you're smart drunk. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm smart drunk. Because when you got on, on the bus, oh, you were chatty. Was I really? Oh yeah, it was the most chatty. <laughs> it was the most chatty you'd been up until that point on the tour. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I go to the front lounge. Flo's still there. I'm like, found the money. <laughs> he's like, and you know, he just smiled and kind of laughed. He's like, you are so lucky. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. was that. the worst. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give everyone a shout out. Devastation on the Nation. The full lineup is? The Dark Funeral, Belfagor, Incantation, Hate. Veil of Nath and Nightmare. It's fucking awesome yeah. lineup. Thank you. Uh, where can people get tickets? Uh, you can go to my website, which is just metalfestivaltours.com, and just click tickets in the top right corner. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Go out and check out this tour. Do not miss it. Everyone should go to this tour. Devastation on the Nation. Daniel Defonce. His little baby <laughs> that he's raised into maturity with a sick-ass lineup right now. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for sitting down, chatting with me, Vox and Hops. Yes. I appreciate Anytime. it. You're a good guy. It's always nice to see you again. You too, man. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. Uh, great talking with Daniel. Uh, I didn't know what to expect when I sat down with him. Sometimes... Uh, some people played their cards close to their chest, but uh, Daniel was just fucking awesome. And uh, I'm so happy that he told that fucking story at the end about him getting wasted in Toronto. Great chat. Great dude. Uh, you should get your tickets for Devastation on the Nation. I will put the link in the description. You should also get your tickets for the remaining Cryptopsy, Ingested, Demonical, Night Rage, Glory Hole Guillotine dates, which are coming up uh, in the next week. We're up, uh, going to be hitting uh, the Czech Republic. We're going to be hitting some more German dates, and we're up in Scandinavia for the first time. So get your tickets if you do not have them already, because it's going to be a blast of a time. Uh, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate uh, all the love I'm getting, all the positive messages I'm receiving. Uh, I, there is no podcast without you guys. So uh, keep spreading the word. 
If you like good beer, if you like funny tour anecdotes, check it all out, subscribe, and share this with your friends who you think would like it as well. Next week on the podcast, I have my conversation with the guitarist and singer of Abysmal Dawn, Mr. Charles Elliott. So check it all out. It's going to be on Vox and Hops, episode number 33, next week. Cheers. Uh, have a great week. Uh, hang out with your friends. Hang out with your loved ones. And uh, most importantly, drink great craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops See you next week. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.